Hello, my name is David Turner and this is another episode of Lunar Poetry Shorts. Today I'm joined by host and founder of the A and the E, James Messiah. Hello James. Hello, how, how you doing? doing? I'm good. Um, as always, we're going to start with a poem. This is a death dance. We are all born, blind and innocent. A miracle. Trembling, moving, shaking, waking. Hands raised, fists clenched. Watching, seeing, corrupted, cursed, moving still, movements worse, blind again, impure, complete, dead, finished, motionless, memories, good times, parties, firsts, laughing, lusting, shaking, dancing, dust, dusk, done, an afterthought, the afterlife, is it darkness or brightness or stillness or flight? From cock control to clutching throat to coffin bones. A phantom ghost, a banquo or a vanquished foe. The dark unknown, beyond the veil. Beneath the earth, between the realms, amidst the stars. Where to go, who knows? What happens after death is unknown, unknown, unknown. Thanks, man. How are you? I'm good, I'm good, good I'm good. good. Um, <laughs> thanks for joining us. Yeah. First question, as always, is why poetry? Why poetry? So, um, I think poetry was given to me, uh, not by the gods <laughs> or anything as conceited as that, but um, my mum, my, uh, my parents, I suppose. So, from a Christian family, um, read a lot of the Bible when I was young. And we had to memorise verses to read out in, in church on a Sabbath. And also, mum bought us lots of reading material when we were quite young. Um, so... Alan Alberg, um, John Agard, Laughter is an Egg, uh, and then all of the um, kind of anthologies that you get in school as well. So, yeah, I, I did a lot of reading and stuff when I was quite young, and it just kind of felt like a natural progression to kind of produce my own. Um, but the spark came really uh, through Graham, you know, uh, Dizzy Rascal. Um, I mean, even kind of pre the Boy in the Corner album, mm. hearing sets on the radio. Um, that he'd do with Wiley and the Roll Deep guys on Pirate Radio um, and that kind of felt like my my voice yeah. and so it's kind of like taking the um, the kind of literary heritage that I'd been given by my parents and kind of mixing that up with a kind of more contemporary yeah, yeah. Uh, voice of, 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 of Graham I just want to point out this is for Liv Winter's benefit yeah I, I get your references because ah. she treats me a bit like her granddad oh gosh yeah like I'm completely out of fucking touch with her. <laughs> well, I'm crying shut up he gets it Liv he gets it <laughs> um, I sort of got as I was saying before this next question yeah I wrote it and it don't make any sense I'm going to try and make sense of it live let's give it a shot I wanted to ask, actually, if you see yourself first as a poet or rather an artist that writes and performs poetry on occasion. Did I, did I yeah, no, that, that's, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I guess I'd say as, as a poet, first and foremost, only because um, my kind of early inspirations were poets or they identified as poets. Um, and so, I mean, kind of, Benjamin Zephaniah mm. uh, I mentioned John Agard earlier as well those are people who were poets um, Muta Baruka uh, a dub poet was someone that my dad would play to us in the house 
um, you know, as is, this is important, almost separate from the kind of even the gospel music that we hear at home. Muta Baruka was separate. Like, let's listen to this, okay. you know. Um, and these are kind of people who would like uh, almost like create time capsules with with their words. Um, and I wanted to do that to be but you, someone but who you would, had spoken word presented to you on a pedestal in a way. I mean, I'd say so. Yeah, I mean, definitely you had you had like I said before the kind of literary heritage. Yes. Um, but then, yeah, my dad. Uh, would always kind of mention the dub poets as mm. well, Linton Kwesi Johnson, yeah. uh, Muta Baruka, um, even John Cooper Clark. You yeah. know, he, he even to this day, um, to, we'll talk about. It's failing me now, actually, um, but he was uh, evidently Chicken Town. Yes, yeah. Kind of, my, my dad is always kind okay, of like yeah, yeah. quoting little mm. bits of John Cooper Clark, um, and so yeah, the kind of the, the performative element, you know, the performance element. Um, was always seen to me as very important and I guess like I say hearing the Moot Bruca on record you know my dad was like blow the dust off it <laughs> and then you know put it on on uh, the turntable and, and we'd hear it and so that kind of felt I don't say more more immediate but um, it, it was a different experience to reading poems yeah. before yeah um, yeah no it's yeah. interesting there is obviously a different experience it doesn't mean that one is better than the other of course, of course yeah. it's, it's different, it's different yeah uh, stirs different emotions. Really it? It's perhaps yeah, records are more immediate than the page. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, no, mainly ask because obviously you make music as well, and uh, I was just wondering if you how relevant you feel it is to explain maybe the difference between the things that you do and the and of course the overlap because there must be a massive overlap as well. Yeah, I think. Um I mean, you kind of have these genres and titles, and they definitely serve their purpose. Um, but the difficulty sometimes is that you must feel inhibited by them. And so, I definitely kind of see myself as, as a poet first and foremost. That's like my kind of primary trade, if you will. Mm. Um, but what about two thousand twelve? A friend of mine who was making music under the name Conrad the Scoundrel at the time, uh, now Conrad Kira. Um, he was producing music and kind of like rapping over the beats that he made and he would often encourage me to like to rap mm. now, I know I mentioned before uh, you know Grime as, a, as an early influence but there kind of came a point in time when I guess partly uh, out of a need to distinguish myself from MCs and rappers I would say no I'm, I'm not a rapper I can't rap I don't rap um, now I don't know it doesn't, it doesn't feel like there's quite such a need to make that distinction anymore but certainly at, at a point in time I had to make that distinction and so I was like nah Conrad sorry bro like mm. I'm, not, I'm not a rapper I'm not going to rap um, but he was like man like I, I feel I feel that it'll just add another dimension to what mm. you do you know even your poetry if you were to take on you know uh, rapping and so around 2012 I started to rap with Conrad um, and I mentioned Boiler Room earlier um, a lot of friends of mine were DJs uh, working at, like I say, boiler room work here at these NTS East London, like uh, stalwarts, I suppose now. Um, and kind of just being around them and their music. Joshua Ederhand, another poet. Oh, he's fantastic. Fantastic, Shit, right? I saw him for the first time recently. He is <laughs> yeah. amazing. Oh, really good. He's someone who yeah. like toes that line really well. Um, and so it was kind of hearing the stuff that he did with LV, kind of like really kind of heavy electronic pulsating beats mm. that you want to dance to and then every now and then like on like seeing them live he would kind of say something that was like yeah more poetic and then he'd like rap something which was more kind of metric and on beat um, 
and hearing him kind of bit back in like 2011-12 made me think yeah I can mm. I can do that so in terms of the distinction so actually yeah. just I was going to say do you think the distinction or the conflict over the distinction is more is more in the artist's head rather than I think the artist is having problems with distinction because they think it's the audience audience's problem yeah but it actually turns out to be the, the problem in your own head <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah yeah and once you become more comfortable with the fact that you can probably just do one thing one minute and and slip into the next thing and it, it's not that that important to categorize yourself i think there's also the sense that like to be a good anything you have to focus on that one thing mm. um and that may that may all be true but i guess it's just to say that you can focus on different things at different times mm. So, you know, at the moment I'm focusing on poetry. Next week I'll be focusing on uh, producer music. You know, in an hour's time I'll be focusing on DJing. <laughs> Two hours later I'll be focusing on, I don't know, theatre or... But there isn't actually that much difference between those things, are there? No, you know, you're still trying to just connect with people. Yeah. You're trying to grab people's attention. Mm. Um, it's all about the audience, really. I mean, I think all those things you've mentioned there, it's all about making... Connection. The same right? thing that artists yeah. are trying to do, you're trying to connect with your with your audience or whatever. I used to get really upset when people would say to me, Oh man, that that comedy you do is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I used to get really upset. I've had that problem as well. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, there's almost like the the these these uh, labels they, they come with uh, kind of uh, ideas attached mm. to them. So the idea of being a poet, you know, that yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. highest command of the of language, you know. And then, then the lowly rapper, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or the comic, mm. you know, the court jester. I mean, like I say, they're all they're all essentially doing the same thing, um, but it's it's these labels and the kind of images and stereotypes that are attached to them that make it difficult to be to see oneself as one or the other. Mm. Uh, maybe we could have another poem. Yeah, um, this one is the funk slap bang crunch late lunch. Ride home. School's out, mum's in, get fat, not thin. Fast food, slow day, snail pace, no way. Got fast, sped up, the funk, got down. We rushed so much, we clutched, not much, in transit. Don't chat shit, there's no time, no space, no car, no need. Get bike, let's ride, let's run, have fun. Put that gun down, don't end up in jail, on bail, be free. Be niche, be chic, wagtail, shake bum. Milkshake from that place tastes like milk from holy cow. My God, my gosh, the time it flies, so fly, be fly. Get high without the drugs and drop cocaine, be bold, get fresh. Have sex, have test. Be wild, don't fold. Don't be controlled by peers or fears or debts, arrears. Go forth, go rear. Go where the hell you want to go. Your time, your soul. Your smile, your face, your cool. I gave my all to youth. But time has moved. The years accrued. I left my crew. I'm on my own and so are you, my dear friends. It's now time to face the truth. Thanks, man. So we touched, or I mentioned it briefly at the start, the A and the E, which is the night that you, well, I know it as a, mainly as a spoken word night over in Peckham at the Bussy Building, Um, but it's much more than that. From the outside, it appears to be a collective of people, but I think it's mainly you, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Although I know a lot of people are helping out with different things and stuff, but maybe you could... uh, Maybe just try and, <laughs> try and explain what try, the yeah. is. <laughs> um, 
Man, so the, the A and the E really is a philosophy. Um, it's the way that I see the world and kind of the lens through which I view my artistic practice. Um, it, it stands for different things at different times. I mean, with re- regards to poetry, it's, it's alive eternally. The kind of the idea... Uh, I, I used to mention before that I was a Christian mm-hmm. and had a belief in like eternal life after this one. Um, I kind of lost faith, became an atheist, now sort of like agnostic or something. Um, but yeah, it, it was like trying to find a new way to live forever. Um, and I kind of, kind of thought that, yeah, through art, through poetry, um, you know, one can do that. Um, and also the idea that when, when you're creating art to kind of have a view for, for the future sort of thing, to create work that kind of is important now but will have some kind of lasting effect. Um, but yeah, I mean, it operates in so many other ways. A also like all equal, um, kind of a, a philosophy that through which I kind of view the world, society, um, kind of to say that you have, well, you have to know your allies from your enemies, but that those battle lines shouldn't be drawn along sex, gender, um, sex, sorry, sexuality, gender, class, race, um, or other such things. And so, kind of with that ethos, I want to kind of create a space. For people who felt the same way to tell those stories um, and even some stories that aren't you know political or philosophical you know sometimes you hear trivial work but I guess even in that sense that's political as well because sometimes you need to kind of just hear hear a bit of kind of nonsense as mm-hmm. it were you know um, kind of you get these amazing nonsense poems that well, use the same a, word over the same yeah, letter over and over again you know, it's like often an equally strong political message in in the uh, mundane yeah in the banal you know because that is as uh, <laughs> I'm laughing now because I've having a discussion with Paul uh, the editor of Lumen Poetry recently about how there is no authenticity in poetry and there is no reality because it's art you yeah know, it's all the uh, artifice or whatever but um, you know the mundane and banal is as real as the political or the you know overtly message laden yeah. poems and I think um feel a bit bad now because I've sort of hijacked what you were saying but um, I think it's a shame when poets feel like they can't be mundane they can't focus on the small things in life because often or no sorry not often but equally as much they have the right to be heard and and be represented you know because sorry took over what you said you you kind of uh, it's good we're on the same wavelength that's almost what I would have said Oh, I I love it sometimes to hear a poem about cheese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I, I tend to find that uh, poets maybe it's yeah, not an accusation of all poets, of course not. But there is a kind of a time when I notice that some people take themselves too seriously. You know, like yeah, life is dark and there is a lot of kind of real shit mm. happening. Um, but no, you, you know, you can like let your hair down sometimes you know this doesn't because have poetry to be... can be an escape as well kind oh, of, of whilst course, also connecting yeah. with real things um, one of my favourite poetry sets I've seen in a long time well, it's only an open mic thing but it's yeah. a guy called Donald Chegwin yeah um, he has this poem about uh, zombie men made of onions and it's just <laughs> hilarious and they go on a rampage eating brains and stuff and yeah. he also has a poem about um, eating uh, stuffed owls in a stuffed owl museum and it's just, they're just so ridiculous yeah but they're brilliantly written I mean that's the main thing if things are written well, written then, well you, know, exactly. you can listen and you know you can connect with that person uh, even if the themes are completely ridiculous yeah. you know I guess the, uh, the new funk breakfast show yeah uh, is also a nod 
um, to to a kind of different philosophy of mine, like the idea of function, like a, a poem that so knows this, its so function. So I was just saying, this yeah. breakfast show that James is talking about now is uh-huh. a radio show or program on NTS Radio, which you can. I found it on TuneIn on the TuneIn app. Is that? Can you find it elsewhere as well? NTSLive.co.uk. Yeah. Um, and the then the TuneIn app is actually. I would recommend that anyway because you can find so many other great. Uh, radio stations, but I found it. Yeah, I found NTS through that. TuneIn is a, is a a radio app. Yes, yeah, so I've got it on the iPad. So you okay, just. Yeah. So my friend, um, oh, this, this, I mention her far too much. Kyla Menendez, who runs Union in Putney, uh, she was on Wandsworth Radio or something recently. Yeah. So I downloaded it in order to hear that um, because I wasn't close enough to to Wandsworth to hear that. But um, yeah, it's a great little app. Anyway, that's ridiculous. I can't believe it. I'm not plugging them. I don't mean to. Let's just stop playing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so that, I just wanted to clarify that because um, I think people should check that out. Anyway, so just Thanks, mention man. what you're doing. Yeah, good on you. Um, so I suppose yeah, that that uh, new funk, uh, the idea, yeah, function, the idea of function. So wh- whatever it is that uh, my my humble belief <laughs> is that an artist should know the function or the purpose of what it is that they're creating, and what, once you know what your poem is meant to do, it will do what it's meant to do. You know, sometimes you, you think that someone's trying to write a, a massive kind of political poem that's going to change everything, you know, but they're going to kind of going about it in the wrong way. And sometimes it's almost like if a poem is meant to be kind of silly and funny and does that well. I think that's my good. point about Donald as well, because yeah. he's so deliberate what he's doing. Yeah. It works. I think um, if anyone is stupid enough to ask for my advice when they're starting out, <laughs> I always tell them that you can be boring and banal yeah. and sort of and have that very dry delivery but you have to know why you're doing it because if you don't know why you're doing anything it will never work and that that's true of art and music and yeah. uh, and writing i think you can take any style you want to but you have to, it has to be considered doesn't it it yeah. can't just be an accident or um i suppose well it could be a lucky accident but <laughs> I, don't, I don't trust you to do it so don't do it <laughs> uh, this uh thing that was on uh some kind of people a lot of talk about the other day Manovich Manovich yes. the black square yeah 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 um, and the importance of that at the time mm. you know within the context of you know other kind of work at works of art that was coming out at the time and that being revolutionary mm. for what it was then it was almost like he knew what he was doing when he did that yeah. as long as you know what you're doing and whenever you do what you do you could I'm you glad could, you brought that up that's one of the best exhibitions I've seen in a long time that, and yeah. it actually that sums up the whole point perfectly mm. um, you of course anyone can paint a black canvas yeah. but you can't just be the first person to do it you can't be the person that did it for a specific reason also what people miss I'm going to go off on a fucking tangent now what people miss about his black canvas was it was hung up in the top corner of a room which in the Russian Orthodox uh, tradition which he was part of yeah. was reserved for a painting of the Virgin Mary and it was hung in place of um, an idol so it wasn't just black paint on the canvas you know it was much more than that. It had a great, a greater depth of meaning. There you, you know? go. You know? And it is. Yeah. Um, check out Mailovich. They've got the biggest book on sale yeah. for t- uh, in Tate Modern. It, it's like you could. Oh, it's, it's huge. And um, he was so prolific. A lot of his work was no good. But like, I mean, <laughs> like it, you, he was so varied in his style. You can't yeah, possibly yeah. like everything he's done. But. Yeah. Um, so no, 90% um, of everything is shit apparently anyway um, I would say about 98% 98% yeah, <laughs> 98%, yeah. <laughs> well, so everything I do is shit but yeah, <laughs> everyone else's stuff is shit um, but going back to the point of like the A&E 
seems to have a very def definite identity that mm -hmm. um, it deals with issues of gender, of sexuality and equality. Mm -hmm. um, and because this is a poetry podcast, we'll have to ignore a lot of the other stuff that the angle does. <laughs> yeah. um, why do you think that spoken word is an important way or in, uh, an important tool in dealing with these issues? Essentially, you say spoken word. It's all part, I, I, I'm, I only said spoken word. It's not supposed to be a leading term. I only say spoken word because of it being a live event. Yeah. A &E, and um, it, it could be poetry as well. I mean, but, yeah. so I, I, I take, the, take the spoken word mm. only, only for the illustration. Uh, Christian mm. went to church, heard sermons. Some of these sermons would change my life. Um, and so kind of from a young age, I was used to seeing someone front of a microphone delivering something mm. that could potentially be life-changing um, and so I mean, I've kind of like come away from the idea of thinking of myself as the saviour of mankind <laughs> delivering <laughs> a, a sermon you know um, and so I guess the idea was to kind of create a space where everyone could kind of tell a truth as it were you know um, th that's why the kind of the philosophy is important because I, I can't police what, pe what people are going to say in that microphone but by kind of like making it very clear that we do have this identity that we do believe in this you know it's kind of all equal thing it kind of um, serves as an, as an excluder if you will for people that might come and like deliver the, the hate speech or whatever um, but I do think that it's important to allow people to express themselves and tell their own truths because everyone has their own story um, at the end of the day and the football cliche is coming out now <laughs> everyone has their own story um, and I mean it's, it's just been before the A&E started so I mentioned American Apparel before I worked yeah. at American Apparel and it was a completely different um, world to what I've been in before the people that I'd met who were all kind of not all but most of them were at art school studying art um, or kind of at, at kind of the, the, the higher bigger London universities and hearing their stories really broadened my perspective and I can you know probably say in the same way that them, them meeting me and offering them a different perspective enrich their life in the same way that they enrich mine um, and so kind of through seeing the beauty of, of that unity uh, once kind of create a space where that could happen on a larger scale uh, people from different uh, kind of spectrums of the kind of societal uh, universe um, could kind of come together and see shit we're not actually that different um, and in the places where we are that different you know see where there's, there's a means to kind of form a bridge and I, I reckon the best way that I can do that is through is through poetry um, it's entertaining um, and it's kind of like a direct means like I say before here in that like Mutabruka mm. on the final it's a direct means of communicating an idea um, and yeah yeah it's um it has the potential to be a really powerful medium I yeah. think if it's used in the right way but it's interesting as well thinking in that, those terms um, and looking back at the conversation we just had about both extolling the virtues of being ridiculous as well yeah, and yeah, not yeah. having a message as well yeah. and it's it's maybe that why, the reason I ask those questions because there is that contradiction that exists between it possibly being a life changing experience for yeah. some people but at the same time, it could just be entertainment, and <laughs> yeah. that's not uh, that's not denigrating it at all. Because mm. that's an amazing thing as well. I mean, to be just go out and be entertained by people's words and stories, and 
the way that they deliver those those words as well. I, I'd kind of played a lot with what the E could stand for. So it was like arts and ethics, or arts and equality, arts and entertainment. And I was, I'm, you know, it has a st- none of those have worked in my mind. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's entertainment. It's ethics. It's equality. I think that's maybe why I've struggled so much with explaining to people what the A and E yeah. is. Well, you know, because you, every time you have an event on Facebook, it's advertised on Facebook. It's always got a different uh, <laughs> picture or graphic. Yeah. Or the A and E are always something else. Yeah. Yeah, and it always seems to be changing, which is why it sort of seems like a collective rather than me. Yeah, well, <laughs> <rather than> you <laughs> pissing about <the> Photoshop. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Or putting up pictures of you. <laughs> that picture of you is doing. It's, it was on TV the other day. Was it on London Live? Ah oh, shit! Yeah. Oh, oh. I don't have a TV, so I'm not. Um, yeah, I'm not going to. That's that's too self-regarding. Um, maybe another final poem, please. This poem is called South London Style. To the newly single, sold on the idea of a good old-fashioned fuck. This is your season. Leave the city at your peril. This hive comes alive in amber light. When the winter comes, you'll only wish you kissed the summer more. In that South London style, Parker pulled in at the waist as you shiver with your lover waiting ages for the night bus. Missing your spaghetti tops, denim shorts, bare legs and tan, lying itchy on the grass, getting darker every day. As undercover cars zoom past, each siren's keeping Lambeth lively. Sports saloons with sapphire stars and bully vans with Bobby Bacon burning in the heat. Strictly Eitel in Brixton. Studio in Bermondsey. My girl in Belgravia. Now in Barcelona. Not back till September. Keeping summer moving slow. Vauxhall Bridge I'll fly me over. Still as single. Still as fucked. As autumn falls and shorts turn into jeans. Turning carnival into a memory. Will I be? Just a fleeting thing. A love that never was. Like summer in our city, you elsewhere, and me with God. Thanks, man. So, like lunar poetry in general, and the podcast is supposed to be sort of like nationwide, and we try and talk to everyone as much as possible from wherever they are. But I love it when it's all South London. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny, just before talking to some people like, about, about what the A and E is, and like, yeah, it, it's, it feels very South London. No, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's got. Um, because I think what you do is quite similar to Spoken Word London but Spoken Word London is very East, right? Dal- Dalston, Dalston even yeah. well it's, it's strange because Pat Cash lives in lives on Nell Kent Road or somewhere but Spoken Word London is because of the people who go there and yeah. it's very East London you know but the A&E feels south yeah, yeah south dirty south <laughs> um, so we've got a couple of last questions to finish up on um what have been the main influences over your... Actually, you've touched on a bit already, but what what have been the main influences over your development as a writer and a performer? Um, yeah, I, I often talk about how much I hated university, um, <laughs> but it did serve its purpose. Um, I was exposed to the beats while I was there, uh, and the romantics also. Um, but yeah, earlier on I did mention uh, Dizzy, Dizzy Rascal, um, so yeah, some of his stuff is just just amazing. I think, like I say, hearing uh, my language spoken, you know, and being aware that other people, you know, spoke this language and heard this music, um, made me really want to tell my story as well, and kind of gave me a sense that the language that I speak 
yeah, it's valid yeah so I was meant to ask that earlier mm. Did, was, listening to records like that was that the first time you felt like some other people spoke in the same way like and I don't mean just your day to day accent I mean creatively they spoke mm. as you spoke yeah I, I think I'd say that actually so I, I guess at, at school you know we listened to these these mixtapes that these guys were putting out and stuff and that was fine that was like a local local thing but then it was seeing um, my, my my parents knew who Dizzy Rascal was at a time mm. and that was something that didn't make it uncool that that almost was like wow that means you know he's he's validated yeah. in that sense for the fact that my parents know him and that he's on uh, you know winning Mercury Awards and that sort of thing it gave me the sense uh, or the hope that I could go that far um, and that my voice was important um, and necessary even he did have some pretty bright tracksuits as well, didn't he? So it was pretty easy to recognise. He had uh, some amazing... The leather jackets, leather Averixes. Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. So how can I forget? vision of him all in yellow. I don't know quite what the outfit that, was. That was, was the uh, the I Love You video. And then the, the Boy in the Corner album, which that came from, was, yeah, like, was okay. yellow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, him in, in a black tracksuit oh, yeah, with the devil yeah, horns. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Dizzy Rascal... Um, perhaps a little bit more more recently than that the roadside G's who used to operate around here um, they were kind of affiliated with a lot of the street gangs here but their their music was brutal and crushing and nihilistic almost and I suppose at a time when you know I was still in church that to me was my guilty pleasure you know my lens into mm. the into the other side um, and I suppose now in the kind of the equality conversations that we're having I feel like I have like something to counterbalance it, um, that you know, and understanding that people, you know, like, it's almost like that protests belongs to to the middle classes. It feels like now, you know, and the real struggle, the people who are really struggling, really, really struggling, haven't got time to to protest. It, it feels like they're too busy struggling. Yeah, that's pretty massive to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> completely. Lunar poetry Fuck. or lunar politics. Oh man. Um, <laughs> I might throw the mic out the window. Hang on. Um, you can't go down that path. We ain't got enough time. Uh, but I completely agree. I think um, there's a real problem with in this country that often we we act too cleverly and try to deal with things with satire, and it yeah. doesn't work because the government doesn't mind being sent up because they don't mind the publicity. Yeah. Um, and you're completely right. People that should be out protesting are too busy trying to pay their rent and feed their kids and they can't get out and do yeah. anything and it ain't anything to do with race or gender or anything like that because the people who are on the bottom are on the bottom financially yeah it's economic reasons you know if you go around london east london you know the working class is predominantly bangladeshi still um some parts of uh north london uh Homan and stuff you know the um you big black communities yeah. uh, on the bottom but of course, still South East London, you know, the working class is still predominantly white. Yeah. And it's nothing to do with people with different being different. It's just how much money they haven't got in their bank accounts. Yeah. And they're being fucking shit on from a great height. And we should all kick the fucking gates down. Oh, hey, there you go. Who would you <laughs> recommend to our listeners to go out and see and oh. watch your read? <laughs> David Turner. <laughs> <laughs> like 100%. Oh, geez, man. That 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 was one of the most exceptional performances um, you. that you've had at speaking at the A and the E. Um, um, oh, just to give some context, as embarrassing as it is, I have, <laughs> I have performed at an A and an E 
um, event, and uh, that's what James is referring to now. Certainly, <laughs> um, David Turner. Um, man, he probably wouldn't appreciate this because he's he's going away soon, and he kind of likes to be anonymous. But there's another night that happens in in the southeast. Um, we have a kind of like a, a mutual, mutually beneficial relationship. So kind of people that know A and E know Steve's and vice versa. Uh, Luke Newman, uh, singer, poet, words man, actor, whatever you want mm. to call him, uh, he's he's a force. Yeah. Um, so if you ever do get the opportunity to see to see Luke Newman, uh, curator of Steve's, creator and curator of Steve's. Okay. Definitely check him out. Yeah. Um, Man, there's there's so many people. You, you know, you that's know, a difficult question because there are a lot, there's a lot going on. And, so yeah, much yeah. going on. Yeah. Um, this has been a long one. We've been talking a lot, but that's <laughs> as much my fault as uh, well. It's always my fault. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, check out James on NTS Radio. I don't know, find it on the internet. I don't know where you can fucking find it. It's, but it's about. It's really easy. I just mean do what you want. Um, check out the A and E. You've got a website, haven't you? Yeah, it's right? the A and the E dot com. Yeah, and they're on Facebook as well yeah. as the A and the E. We will put, uh, I will put links under this video. Do you have any personal blogs or? Yeah, uh, there's there's my website jamesmessiah dot com. Yeah, um, and that that's kind of a link to a Tumblr site. Um, yeah, also Twitter and stuff is all under the name James Messiah. So. Um, I would recommend the AME. It's worth a trip down, and for, especially because the individual events that they do as well. I was at the South London Gallery recently for the, polit- the more political, political thing, party, political yeah. party, for which they stole my image. <laughs> it's hilarious. I look really uh, giving a profound uh, speech. I was actually talking about hot dogs. And, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, thank you, James. It's great. Thank Thanks, you. Man. Thank um, you. Big up Luna. Yeah, big up Luna. I just said big up, Liv. Hey. You know. yeah. <laughs>